What's up, guys? Pastor Ryan here. Welcome back to the Valor Podcast, where our hope is to encourage, strengthen, and grow the men of our church by studying and applying God's word to our lives. This week's conversation will be found in Acts chapter 11, titled Good News for Everyone. Up until this point, we have encountered many turning points in the story of Acts. Each turn has been monumental for the movement of the gospel in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Some of the most prominent are the ascension and commissioning of Jesus in chapter 1, the descending of the Holy Spirit on the church in Acts 2, the martyr of Stephen in Acts 6 and 7, and most recently, the conversion of the great persecutor Saul in Acts 9. It is said that these events serve as a hinge upon which the pages of God's redemptive plan continue to unfold. And now in Acts 10 and 11, God begins to turn the page of redemption once more as the church and the apostles embrace the true commissioning of Jesus by taking the gospel to the world and to all people. It is within these chapters that God, through his church, brings into fulfillment what was promised long ago to the patriarch Abraham which says, through your offspring, all nations of the earth will be blessed. Now, picking up in chapter 10, we read that Peter receives a vision from the Lord that allows him to overcome his reluctancy to share the gospel with non-Jews. He is instructed by the Lord to go and to proclaim the message of salvation to Cornelius, a Gentile centurion, and his whole household. The scriptures tell us once Peter began to preach, the the Spirit of God caused repentance and faith to happen in the hearts of Cornelius and his house, displaying really God's ultimate heart for Gentiles, for the Gentile nation to be saved. After this remarkable act of God's grace, word gets back to the brothers and the apostles in Judea. And although some criticized Peter's actions for eating with Gentiles, once he retold a story, answering their concerns and giving evidence that the Gentiles are in fact a part of God's covenant, the word says that the brothers fell silent and glorified God, saying, Then too, the Gentiles also God has granted repentance that leads to life. This is quite a response from those who almost condemned Peter for being a reckless lawbreaker. These men saw that what had taken place was an act of God's divine grace. And they understood, as Peter did, how they could not stand in God's way. It is at this point that we see the relentless love of God continuing to go further and further into the world reaching unlikely people in distant nations for his glory. But before we go any further, we must take a moment to examine our own hearts. It is easy for us to read the story and pass judgment and even criticize those in Jerusalem, saying, how could they be so ignorant of God's plan to save non-Jews, to save people who are not like them? Yet we must too be reminded that we are prone to ignorantly stand in God's way becoming a roadblock instead of a roadway to the gospel being furthered in our city. See, our hearts unknowingly at times judge someone's capability to be saved. Think about it for a moment. What social tendencies do you have that hinder the mission of the gospel to those around you? For instance, what happens in your heart when we see a a same-sex couple at the store? 
Do you quietly judge them and write them off and the possibility of the gospel being effective in their life? Or do you genuinely have a heart for them to meet Jesus and be saved? What about a new person who joins your small group? And during one of the conversations, they make a comment that informs you that they have an opposing view of politics. Do you stop befriending them and begin to distance yourself because you don't want them to plague you with their worldviews? Or do you still come alongside them to share truth and hope in Jesus? How about your neighbor that just moved in across the street? You notice that from afar, they are from a different culture and a religion than you. Do you find something in the corner of your heart wishing that they never moved in? Or do you see that God may have put them on your street for you and your family to be a witness of the gospel? What we mustn't do is forget that we too were once far off from God, rebellious in our hearts and living contrary to Christ. At the same time, then, we must remember that the gospel is for all people, that Jesus offers his forgiveness freely and generously to all. Before I was a Christian, I remember God used a specific individual to share his love with me. Now, some of you may know my testimony, but if you don't, I'll just say this, that uh, before Christ saved me, I was in a very dark place. I was a drug addict committing crime and selling drugs to survive on the streets. I lost all hope in life and was inwardly decaying. Time and time again, I landed myself in jail for the life that I chose to live. In 2010, I was released from Los Angeles County Jail, making my way back to Fontana, where I lived. With all my belongings in a clear plastic bag, after I was released, I ended up catching the Metrolink to go to Ontario. I had little to no money, but all the determination to make my way to where I knew drugs and crime were calling my name. As I exited the station knowing I was miles away from where I needed to go, all of a sudden, as I started walking up the street, a guy in a car pulls up beside me and asks me if I needed a ride. Now, mind you, at the time, it's dark outside, and I, I, didn't, I don't look like the guy you want to pick up on the side of the road. I mean, I, I looked mean, and, and my heart was callous from all the stuff that I did. I also wasn't afraid to hurt someone or steal something if I thought it was worth it. Yet this guy, all by himself in his car, was brave enough to offer a ride to a stranger. As I got into the car, the man asked me where I wanted to go. I told him I wanted to go to such and such street to meet with some people that I knew who were waiting for me. What happened next was something I will never forget. This man started to share the love and grace of Jesus with me during the car ride. Not only that, but he pleaded with me not to return to the streets. He said that he would assist me in getting help and even offered me a place to stay in the time being. In that moment, it felt like God was trying to get a hold of my heart. He was trying to get a hold of my heart, but I wasn't ready. My, my heart was still wanting the things of the world. As the car came to the stop and, and I was letting myself off, I, I remember before I could even step out of the car, the guy shockingly grabbed my hand and prayed with me before exiting his car. Now, although I don't recall his name or everything that he said and prayed, what I do remember is how sobering his faith was. That his faith was sobering to me during a time of my life when everything else around me seemed to be a blur. The point that I want to make by sharing this story is that this man's courage and confidence to share the gospel was remarkable. 
I'll never forget the sacrifice he made to share the message of hope when my life was hopeless. He took great risk for the Great Commission. He did not let social discrimination hinder the mission of the gospel in his life. See, any social hindrance in our hearts towards others must be overcame in order for us to be true evangelists for God. For God shows no partiality, and he calls us to exhibit the same. It is quite amazing that in the midst of this great mystery being revealed, the narrative of Acts makes mention of a group of persecuted Jewish Christians taking the gospel to Gentiles in a far-off city of Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch. The scriptures inform us, starting in verse 21, that a great number were saved. And because of this, the, the church sends Barnabas to Antioch to confirm what has taken place and to also exhort the believers to remain true to the calling. What we learn from this story are two simple but important truths. First, our commissioning in the gospel is empowered by God. Verse 21 says that the hand of the Lord was with them. See, the reason why the missionaries had great success in preaching the gospel in Antioch and other far-off cities was because the power of God's presence was among them. Many times this kind of expression is mentioned in the book of Acts where the Lord saves a multitude and adds to his church. The reality of God's presence empowering his church is no different today. We too are a spirit-filled and empowered by God church. Our church, the, the Harvest Church, is God's church and his power is working in and through us all the time. Unfortunately though, at times we and other churches uh, minimize the weight of this in our ministry. Instead of leaning on the power of God and the simplicity of sharing the gospel to anyone and everyone, we try other means to sway people and to grow our churches. We look to clever techniques and church gurus to produce only something God can. This doesn't mean that church strategies are unnecessary, but rather that our confidence is not found in them. Rather, it is found in prayer. It's found in preaching the gospel faithfully and being reliant upon the power of God in our ministry and evangelism. Secondly, our commissioning in the gospel is to faithful proclamation and discipleship. Verse 23 and 24 says that when Barnabas arrived at Antioch, he saw the grace of God and he was glad, and he exhorted them to all remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast purpose. For he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith, and a great many people were added to the Lord. These verses describe to us the importance of faithfulness to the ministry of the gospel. Barnabas rejoiced in the work that had taken place in these cities. He knew the power of God was continuing through the ongoing work of the gospel and evangelism, but he didn't stop at rejoicing, did he? Barnabas, being such an encourager that he was, exhorted the new and mature believers to remain true in their faith and practice. We too recognize and rejoice in the work of God's grace in our church. As new converts and mature converts join together in fellowship, we must encourage them to be faithful witnesses to the gospel. This is what I love about our men's small groups, that both new and mature believers get to grow in God's word together, learning what it means to be godly and faithful Christian 
men. As a group leader myself, I love seeing God's grace and power work through the lives of my group members. And not only are they the ones being encouraged, but I find encouragement in their faith as well. For we, even as leaders, need to be encouraged and as we're called to faithful proclamation and discipleship. Although our names and ministries are not big like Peter, Paul, or Barnabas, our, our gospel work is just as important to God. He is calling us to steadfast faith and practice in the Lord. Now, in closing, we must remember that our commissioning from God means that we are a people who publicly proclaim our allegiance to Jesus, that we are being commissioned and empowered by God to share the good news of Jesus with anyone and everyone we come in contact with. For God's good news is not limited. This should bring great joy into our hearts, for we get to see the grace of the Lord working in the lives of those around us. So let us walk. Let us walk in the power of God as he sends us to the highways and byways with the gospel. This week is really a, an opportunity for us to embrace these truths in our small groups, in our ministries, in our workplaces, in our family lives, and all over. So let us live worthy of our calling. In closing, I, I want to pray for us and ask that the Lord would give us power to live these things out. Pray with me now. Lord, thank you so much for your grace. Lord, thank you for revealing your grace in the lives of those around us, that, Lord, we get to rejoice, but we also get to encourage people to be faithful to what you've called them to. Lord, help us, send us out into the highways and byways of our own lives, that we would embrace that gospel and that we would have confidence and remarkable faith to share Jesus with those around us. Lord, I pray for the men who are listening to this podcast as we're studying God's word together. Would you reveal your truth to us? Would you be a God who continues to love and encourage us and lead us on the path of righteousness? Jesus, we thank you. We love you. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Well, thanks for joining us for another week as we study the book of Acts. And just in case you are listening to this podcast and, and you want to join a small group, which I encourage you to do, to join and sign up, you can do this in person or even online at harvest.church. Until next week, may the Lord's grace and peace be with you all.